0: Which, before you wait a second, Diz, rules of thumb, that sounds an awful lot like one-size-fits-all advice. Yeah, I mean, sort of. Episode 879 of Diz Runs Radio is a quick tip episode. Today's quick tip, some thoughts on mid-run nutrition. Hey guys, uh, real quick before we dive into today's quick tip episode, it's been a while since we've plugged Audible on here, but Audible is still an affiliate partner of the show, meaning that uh, if you've never taken Audible for a test drive before and you decide to do it, um, you can try it for free and you can also, without any cost to you, send a few bucks my way, which is... uh, Always appreciated when those types of of things come through. So all you need to do is point your browser over to disruns.com slash audible. Disruns.com slash audible. And that'll take you right to the Audible page. Um you get to, you know, sign up, uh and you get a free thirty-day trial. And you get to get a book for free, you get some audible originals for free. Um Audible is is I said this before I think one of the few bills that like I get every month that I'm like I really don't mind paying like I get a lot of value from my Audible subscription uh, and if you haven't tried it out yet you m- might be surprised how much you enjoy it and not that not that I ever like the bill coming through. But I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. I'm like, yep, this is this is some money well well spent each month. Um, so check it out. Check it out if you haven't done so already. Uh, and and you can try it for free anyway. You know if you just go through Audible's regular links. But if you go through my link, you still get all the same stuff. Plus, you know, you you, you throw a little something my way. Um, I promise it's not enough to make me rich, but it's enough to you know maybe. Uh, I don't know, not even buy a pair of running shoes, not even close to buy, it's, it's 15 bucks is what I get. Um, but I'll, I'll take it, I'll appreciate it, and of course, you know, if a handful of y'all do it, then it, it adds up. So, uh, disruns.com slash audible is the link, and if you check it out, let me know what what book you get. Uh, I'm always always looking for new books to add to the list, uh, and if you want some suggestions, I'm happy to give some of those to you as well. Just let me know what you're interested in, and I'll see if I've gotten any uh, audible books uh, along those similar lines before, and uh, send some suggestions your way. So today, talking about mid-run nutrition, a topic that, quite honestly, I try to avoid if at all possible uh, because it's it's a tough one. It's so open-ended. There's so many loose ends uh, for me to try to sit here and, and think that I can tell you that you know this is what you should do and do this and do that. Um, I think would would fly directly in the face of my. There's no such thing as one size fits all uh, advice that that I believe in wholeheartedly. So why are we, why are we getting into this topic today? Why actually is nutrition ish related topics kind of on the agenda for most of the month? Well, because sometimes I do things that I think are going to work out well for me. And honestly, this is something that works out well for me. Um, but it gets me, it paints me into a little bit of a corner. And that is, I ask y'all what you want me to talk about. So every so often, every every quarter or so, something like that, I put a post up in the Facebook group. That's not a what are your questions for Q and A post. It's more of a what topics would you like me to discuss to talk about to uh, you know maybe use as inspiration for quick tips for emails for for various things that I'm creating you know content for because a lot of times that's the hardest part of the the process is thinking about what the heck am I going to talk about lately and pretty much every time I put up one of these posts, there's always something always something about nutrition. How should I fuel for my race? What kind of things should I eat? Yada, yada, yada. And I, I, I just, not that I'm scared to talk about it. It's just, it's just such a loaded topic and there's so many different ways you can go that it's, it's tough to think that I can really do it justice. Right. Um, and, and one of the recent times I put this up and, and I guess, I guess where I'm going today and I'm going to disappoint a couple of folks. Somebody suggested this, this topic, you know, proper, proper fueling slash nutrition during a half marathon or a marathon. All right, that's loaded. And then there was a comment. Yes. Love this idea. You know, this, that, the other. And at the least, how can we figure out what Mike, what might work best besides quote unquote, just try it. And then the, the reply to that one. Yes. I need to know which foods, how much and how often. So I'll I'll not mention any names of the folks that were going back and forth there, but uh, y'all are going to be disappointed because y- if you want to just turn off today's quick tip episode right now, the the two things that are are most important is you know you just kind of have to try different things because there's lots of things that work for lots of people, but nothing that works for everybody, uh, both in terms of product and in terms of you know when to take it, how often how much there, there is no one size fits all when it comes to fueling. And so instead of doing a, a, I don't know, I guess a normal quick tip where I kind of try to give some type of advice and maybe steer you in a certain direction today, I'm, I'm going to kind of break this up into two segments. All right. The first segment is kind of focused on some science ish, some rules of thumb which, before you get, wait a second, is rules of thumb, that sounds an awful lot like one-size-fits-all advice. Yeah, I mean, sort of. You know, they're, they're kind of in the, the, the same uh, general, under the same umbrella, maybe. But I look at them different because, to me, one-size-fits-all means do this. Everyone just do this, and you're, you're good to go. Whereas a rule of thumb is more of like, kind of like my pain-free plus three, I feel like, is a rule of thumb. So, like, here's a guideline. Tweak it. Adjust it. You know, but at least this kind of points you in in a direction and then still encourages you to kind of make it your own, right? And that's where we're going to go today is is I'm going to give you a couple of of rules of thumb, some some kind of general practices that are going to be different from person to person, but they're at least getting you in the ballpark and hopefully that'll help you kind of dial in your race fueling strategy for whenever races come back again. I know there's a few races that are popping up, not popping up, but are still planning to go off. You know, here and there, various places around the country, uh, some bigger races, some smaller races, some longer races, some shorter races. So maybe you got one of those coming up. You can put this, you know, start practicing to use it for there. Maybe you don't have anything on the calendar right now. You're looking for 2021. May, might want to go ahead and try some of these things with some of your long runs throughout the fall and the winter so that when it comes time to, uh, you know, really get after it on race day, you've got a, a better idea because you've tried it. Sorry again. I mean, I wish I could just say do X, Y, Z, but it's not how it works when it comes to any type of general advice. Certainly when it comes to something as, as unique as nutrition. So you got to try these things. You got to try these things and then, uh, you know, figure it out, be a scientist, try something, you know, practice the scientific method, create a hypothesis. I'm going to try this product, try it, use it, run that your experiment, assess the results, reformulate the hypothesis. Did this work? Did it not? Do I need to try this? Try something different. What works better? And eventually you kind of figure it out. At least you figure out what works for you, not what works for everybody. So that's the first half, uh, or probably the first two-thirds, and then the last little bit. Um, I'm just going to tell you what I do. Not because I'm trying to say that what I do is the best, but just to kind of maybe encourage you to kind of think outside the box a little bit because there's not too many quote-unquote experts when it comes to diet and nutrition that would say that what I do is best. There's a few maybe that might uh, be on board, um, but it works for me. And so I guess the reason to tell you that is that Maybe what works for you isn't what you know the, the textbooks say, but if it works for you, it works for you. And that's all we're worried about. We're not worried about making the textbooks happy. We're not worried about satisfying the nutritionists and the dietitians and you know the, the authors and the cookbook writers and all that kind of stuff. We're worried about making sure that you got what you need from a fueling perspective to get through a race. So let's, uh, let's get into this a little bit, shall we? So a little bit of science to keep in mind. I think maybe the first question that we've got to answer, is do we even need fuel? Yes, sometimes. All the time? Meh, not so much. Not so much. Because here's here's the simple truth, all right? When it comes to what our body can do without taking in excess calories. We we store in our muscles and in our liver about. And this is where it's kind of a rule of thumb, right? Like it's 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 a blurred line here and it's it's you know close it's it's, it's maybe it's a little bit outside of the range, but this is kind of the general range. Our bodies can store enough glycogen and glucose, which is kind of the carbs, the sugar in our body, to fuel ourselves for between 90 and 120 minutes, so between an hour and a half and two hours of moderately intense to very intense exercise. So if your race, if you anticipate that you'll be finished with your race in about two hours or less, there's a very real chance that you don't need to fuel at all. Or very, very minimally. Because you're you're probably not going to be at full sprint for a full two hours. And when I say probably not, I mean there's a 100% certainty that you're not going to be at full sprint for a full two hours. It's physiologically impossible. It ain't happening. Which means that you're probably going to get mo- a little bit more miles per gallon. right? You're going to get a little bit more uh, efficiency with your fuel usage because you're not redlining it the whole entire way. Just like if you you know you get a lot more miles to the gallon in your car if you're going you know kind of going in that sweet spot sixty to seventy miles per hour as opposed to if you got got it to the floor the whole way going to the wood it's gonna you're gonna get a lot lower mileage than if you're going at a comfortable cruising pace right and we all know the longer the distance you got you got to go into that cruising pace right you can't just redline it the whole way which means that you're you're gonna your your carb stores in your body that glucose and glycogen it's gonna last a little bit longer right. Now, do you want to roll the dice? You know, if you're thinking I'm going to finish my race in in two hours, do you want to roll the dice with with slamming into the the wall? You know, running out of fuel. You know, a, a quarter of a mile from the finish line, probably not. Probably not. So you might want to fuel a little bit. Maybe hit the Gatorade stand a couple of times. Maybe bring something with you and hit a hit a gel or something like that. Up to you. We'll get into some of those those details as we go. But if you're if you're quote unquote just doing a 10k, you're going to race a good hard 10k figuring you'll be done somewhere between, you know, I don't know, we, obviously whatever's fast for you is fast for you, but let's say you're going to be finished with your, with your 10 K somewhere between, you know, 60 minutes and, and 75 minutes so between an hour, an hour and 15. I don't care how hard you go from a physiological perspective, from what your body can do with what is already in your system. You don't need fuel. Can you take some Gatorade along the way? Can you take a gel? Sure. If you want to, do you need to No. So first and foremost, the things to to recognize, and if you you know, and if you're a fast half marathoner, I guess since the since the original question is more focused on the marathon half marathon, if you're running a a one thirty half marathon, you probably don't need fuel, right? Probably don't. Again, maybe a little bit, a little little boost to just let, help you kick the last five k. All right, I'm okay with that, but do you need it? No, no. You start getting longer than that. Well, now now we're, we're, we're going to need some, some fuel. So you're looking for the longer, you know, the longer times being out there, You know, kind of getting into that, into that range of two hours, two hours and 15 minutes, two hours and 30 minutes. Not that that's slow, but just in terms of what your body can fuel on its own. All right, now we're getting into that area where we're going to need it. Running a marathon, you're definitely going to need it because I don't think anybody listening here is, is, is approaching the two-hour mark on the marathon. And not for nothing, those guys running two hours at a marathon, they're burning the candle hard enough that having a little extra fuel, probably a good idea for them too. Right. So, you know, running the marathon. Yeah. We're going to need some fuel running an ultra. We're going to need some fuel for that too. Cause we're just gonna be out there for so long. So in those, in those instances. So w- once we decide that we really do need fuel, right. Once we decide that the race we're running, is going to be long enough that we need to have some fuel with us that we need to, to take something in on the way. What, what, what are the best options? Well, obviously, there's few, there's no shortage of options, right? I mean, you don't need this. Isn't really science. This is just you know, go to the running store and look for look at the fueling rack. And there's all kinds of things, right? There's the gels, there's the chews, there's the liquid forms of stuff like the noons, the tailwinds, et cetera, et cetera. Um, of course, you always have some real food options, especially uh, maybe not right now because of COVID situations. But you know, eventually, hopefully, we'll get back to a time and a place when you know the ultra aid stations are just a smorgasbord of options, right? So you've got all these different things. You've got sandwiches. You got cookies. You got gels. You got goose, You got gummy bears. You got honey stinger waffles. You got maple syrups. You got you got all the things. So there's no shortage of options. You've got to figure out what what works best for you. What sits best on your stomach. And The only way to do that, to figure that out, is to try different things. Try different things. So you got to do some do some trial and error in and kind of figure out what things work for you as far as you know. If you're like me, you're a texture eater. I just can't do the gels because I can't I. I gag, I gag on them. I can't, I don't know how you guys that enjoy a gel or at least can choke down a gel can do it. Cause I can't. All Right? Had to learn that the hard way. Right. So now if I go to a race and I feel like I'm going to need some fuel more on this in a minute, um, I'm going to not bring a gel and I'm certainly not going to rely on the race to provide a gel. If that's all that they, that they might be providing, I'm going to bring what I need because I'm going to make sure I have something that I can, I can stomach, right? That I can, I can, I can get down and get the benefit from. So you got to look at the different options, try some different things and start to narrow down what flavors, what consistencies, maybe what brands from one brand to the next, there might be differences. You got to just go through the paces of try trying some different things. Another question that we have to to address, another thing to think about when it comes to putting your fueling strategy in place, timing, timing, because it's not like the second that the the fuel goes in your mouth, that it goes right to your legs, right? There's this whole process called digestion that has to take place. And here's another rule of thumb, or maybe a rule of the wrist. If you know, if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. If not, no worries. But it takes about 30 minutes from the time that the, that the nutrition goes in your mouth, makes its way to your stomach, gets digested enough to get transported out. It takes about 30 minutes for the impact of the fueling to be felt. Now, if you're taking a liquid, it might be quicker because there's not as much digestion that takes place, but let's not split hairs. Let's just assume 30 minutes, okay? So if, if we if we figure that we've got somewhere between 90 minutes and two hours of fuel That we already have automatically. You might not want to wait until you're in that 90 minutes to two hours window to start fueling because you don't want to get into a situation where the well runs dry, where there's no fuel left in the tank because the digestion process hasn't happened yet, right? That's not a good, that's not a good situation. So you might want to start thinking about fueling before you need it maybe at 60 minutes, I don't know, maybe at 75 minutes, maybe at 90 minutes, it's up to you. Again, trial and error. You got to think about when you're going to do it. Maybe think about the pace you're running, where you're going to be and kind of set up some different type of aid stations or or whatever the case might be and try these different things. Try to see if, if fueling every hour is what you need to do, or maybe you take the first fuel in at 60 minutes and the next batch at, at, you know, an hour and 45. So 45 minutes later, you got to play with the timing. But just remember that it's going to take about a half an hour for you to get the real physical boost. Now you might get a little bit of placebo effect. You might get a little mental boost just from, all right, I took some fuel in, like I'm good to go. You've heard me maybe talk about the, the, the feeling like as soon as I take in an orange peel, like I feel like I'm just plugged in. It's not really physiologically happening, but there's something that hits my brain, right? And I think, correct, yeah, and, and I guess if you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that part of this is our body's kind of, you know like when we take in fuel, when it hits our mouth, our bodies realize that fuel is on the way. So it stops kind of reserving some of that fuel, kind of hold them back, you know, just in case we run out so that we've still got a little energy in the tank, kind of those hidden reserves. Like our body's pretty good at self-preservation. So I think I've heard somewhere or read somewhere that uh, when, when you're starting to run low, your body starts to, to really hold back. But as soon as something comes in, your body's like, all right, we're good. And it can release more glycogen, more glucose to the system to the legs because it knows that more is coming in. So you might get a little boost right away, but the stuff that you're taking in really does take a little while, not a long time, but 20 to 30 minutes to, to really be useful. All right. So then you got to, you know, take in some more in a little bit. Maybe it's 45 minutes. Maybe it's an hour. Maybe it's an hour and 15. You got to play with it and see what works right for you because it's important to remember. You can only handle so much fuel at a time. Our bodies again rule of thumb but it's going to be close it's going to be a guideline can only process somewhere between you know 150 to 200 calories so maybe a little more maybe a little less but somewhere in that in that ballpark can only process about that many calories of of fuel per hour while we're exercising and the harder you're going the kind of lower end of that range that you can you can process so if you're really hammering it you might be better off taking real small amounts of of fuel, you know, maybe some sips of some, some Gatorade or tailwind or something like that every 10 minutes, as opposed to trying to choke down one gel every hour. Because you know, with that gel, you might be getting in 200 calories of fuel, but you're getting it all at once. Versus if you're you're taking in, you know, whatever, 200 calories of of Gatorade or 150 calories of Gatorade, but you're taking in a, a couple of squirts every five minutes or every 10 minutes, something like that. You're dripping those calories in a little bit slower, making it easier for your body to process it. Just something to think about because it's important to remember that if you get too much fuel in your stomach at once, and not that 200 is this magic number, but if you're taking in a couple hundred calories every half an hour, it's not going to take you long where your stomach's going to be like, no, we can't take any more of this. And I think a lot of us have been there before, right? When you start getting that grumble, you start that, you start, you start feeling those, uh, those feelings that, uh, is nobody's friend, nobody's friend. Because what your body does is it goes, we've got too much stuff in our stomach right now. We can't process this process it quickly enough. So let's move out. And your body uh, does a little voiding from one end or the other. Sometimes both. So we've heard those stories before too. In any event, it's a pretty good way to, uh, to make a run, go sideways or a race. You really kind of, you know, pardon the pun, go down the toilet. (laughs) See what I did there is to, is to put too much fuel in your, in your stomach and have your stomach going to revolt. So just kind of keep that in mind. Not that you need to count exact calories, but just kind of remember that you don't want to just overdo it at once. Now, if you're going at at more of a a pretty slow pace, maybe you got like a a 50-mile race or a 50K or something something that's a bit slower, more comfortable pace, a lot more maybe running and walking and hiking than opposed to just getting out there and trying to hammer it. Well, then maybe you can take in more because your body's not working as hard at any one moment, so you have more energy because digestion takes energy. You have more bandwidth, if you will, for your body to do some digestion in addition to fueling your body for for activity, right? But in general, especially for a road race, for a half marathon, a marathon, I think a lot of people get themselves in trouble by overfueling. Probably more so by overfueling than by underfueling. Especially if we're taking in gels, we're taking in processed stuff that's just kind of thick heavy, goopy, sugary stuff. Again, chews, beans, whatever, all kind of fits in that same category to me, where your body can just only handle so much of that stuff before it's just like, ugh. So I'm not saying, and I'm not recommending, you do not fuel at all. But if you're going to do some experimenting, I would encourage you to think about experiment with a bit less fuel than you think you might need or then maybe the the books or the um you know the 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 information on the packet of the 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 box of gels you know they're telling you to take one packet every hour with water maybe go every hour and a half maybe go every 2 hours play with it see what happens your body is is a body of one it's an experiment of one try some different things color outside the lines a little bit and see what works for you that's that's my kind of Humble suggestion, humble guideline, humble, I don't know, maybe not guideline. My two cents worth when it comes to how you should fuel during a race, try some different things, see what works for you. Take the good, get rid of the bad and keep trying, keep optimizing, see what happens. So as promised my fueling strategy, this will be really quick because it's really simple. Uh, But just a couple of disclaimers. First of all, again, as I said already, I'm not saying that you should do what I do. All right. Um, it works for me, but it's, it's been a long-term thing to get here. It wasn't just an overnight thing, right? It was some, some winding through the wilderness, some trials, some trials, some errors, some reading, some this and some that. If you've been listening long enough, you know that I'm a low, a low fat, no, not check that. I'm a low carb, high fat kind of person. It's my daily diet. It's my training diet. Um, I'm not a big carb. I'm a big carb fan. I'm not a big carb consumer and I feel better than I ever have talk to any of the dietitians or nutritionists that have been on the show, they'll all tell you that what I'm doing is foolish, that it shouldn't work, that it doesn't work. I mean, I'll tell you it does. I feel better than I've ever felt before. I'm running more than I've ever felt run before. Faster times than pretty much I ever have before. Um, You know, so there's that. Um, But I tell you all that to tell you this. Like I said already, if, if, you want to try something that seems like it's outside the, the bounds of quote unquote normal or conventional wisdom, try it and see, especially if you're not trying it for a race, because if you're trying it, you know, just on a long run, I mean, what's the worst thing that happens is you cut your long run short. Maybe you have to, to, you know, sneak into the, uh, the McDonald's or sneak into the gas station or whatever and, uh, blow their toilet up better. theirs than yours. You know, I mean, I've done that before, been there, got to do what you got to do, but try some of these things out, see what works for you. So, My fueling, my mid run, mid race fueling situation, it varies. It's different from training runs to races. The big difference is that if I'm doing a training run, I'm probably not fueling at all. All right. When I get up on a Saturday morning and we're doing anything less than like twenty miles or twenty miles or less, basically if I'm doing anything less than like when I was doing my S and G marathons, I would maybe have some fueling, you know, some some tailwind for like the last ten K no solid food, no, no gels, no, no goose, no chews, just a little bit of, of tailwind in a water bottle for the last 10 K. All right. But if I'm doing 20 miles or less straight water, well, I say straight water. As I've said before, I put my, my straight water has some sea salt in it for some electrolytes and a little bit of vitamin C powder. Um, just cause I, you know, I'm a nerd on, on vitamins or at least on podcasts. And I've heard a lot of good stuff about having more vitamin C and how that helps our immune systems. And plus it makes the water less salty. So there's that too. Um, so I put a little bit, I put a, like a, a quarter teaspoon of vitamin C in a, you know, in a big, a 30, uh, 30 ounce gallon or 30 ounce, not, not a 30 ounce gallon, a 30 ounce, you know, Nalgene of water, a couple shakes of sea salt, bada boom, bada bam. That's my straight water, but that's all I have during a training run. Now I might bring some water with me, might have my pack with me and put a bottle in there, but all it has in it is water. All right. That's all I drink. No fuel, wake up in the morning. Don't have anything to eat, nothing to drink other than water out the door. Good to go for anything up to 20 miles. And I could probably go even longer than that, but sometimes you just get a little bored, right? And you want a little, little flavor profile in your water beyond uh, a little kind of sour. So, you know, I mix in some tailwind for the longer stuff, but that's, that's basically it for training runs. And the reason I do that is that I'm trying to continue to improve my body's ability to utilize fat, right? Because when when our, when we're, we're running, it's very rare, unless you're going full on red line speed, that your body's burning only glucose. It's also very rare that our body's burning only fat. It's some r- ratio of carbs and, and stored body fat that our bodies are burning. Now, part of the whole mafetone thought and then the primal uh, endurance thought that I've talked about before that I'm a, I'm a believer in is that if we can shift our balance to maybe, you know, instead of maybe being whatever, 90% carbs and 10% fat, if we can shift it to, 80 20 or 70 30 or 60 40 or whatever we can we can balance that out a little bit more that makes us more efficient we're burning carbs less so we need to take in less we're burning fat more which means we've got so much stored body fat even the the leanest among us has days worth of fuel from stored body fat as opposed to at most a couple hours worth of stored carbohydrate so you know it just makes us more efficient for the long term maybe that might not help us fueling for a 5k but guess what? You've got plenty of fuel for a 5k. Your body doesn't forget how to burn carbs, but it can learn how to burn fats better. So that's why I do all my runs fasted is to try to just continue to nudge my my body in that direction of being more efficient as a fat burner. Doesn't mean you need to do it, but it's something I've been doing long before I went down this low, low carb, high fat situation because I have this other thought in my mind and maybe it's just in my mind. I don't know. Maybe it makes zero sense to you, but I have this this thought where it's like, hey, if I make it harder for myself on uh, in training to do my long runs, and then tilt the deck in my favor a little bit more on race day, then maybe that'll help me. Meaning, if if I train fasted, but race with fuel, I'm giving. It's like it's a, it's a double whammy. Not only am I getting the extra fuel, but my body's not used to it. But I know that I can still handle it. You know, this that that. Subtle little difference there. Like I've, I've done this before, my body doesn't revolt when I have a little bit of carbs on race day, and all of a sudden it's like here there's extra fuel plus we're burning hot, and it's like whoo, it's the best of both worlds. It's this huge extra boost as opposed to this minimum requirement that I need to sustain myself. So I've I've long done this, and it's always seemed to to work well. And maybe it's all between the ears, but let's not kid ourselves. Placebo effects are effects, right? And if it, if it makes sense mentally, if it, if it sets my mind at ease mentally, then it's worth it. It's worth it. So that's what I do. I train totally fasted. And now when I race, it's been a bit different. Because when I used to race, it was all about getting up super early and having a big old breakfast. Having some eggs, having some toast, maybe having some grits or some some home fries or some type of potatoes, some type of starchy something, and all the coffee. These days, when I wake up, it's still all the coffee. And that's basically it. I might have you know, a, a piece of pineapple, like a bite, a chunk of pineapple, a, a strawberry, a piece of melon. It's like some small piece of fruit, a bite or two, and that's it. Good to go. Why? Because I don't need a bunch of carbs. And I've already got you know, at least a couple hours, probably several hours because I'm more fat adapted already anyway. So I don't need to add a bunch of carbs. And also I know that on race day I'm going to add in, I'm more likely to add in a little bit of something extra more likely to to throw a little extra extra fuel onto the fire to keep it burning hot than I would on a training day because I'm going to push the pace on race day I'm going to run harder right so I'm going to I'm going to supplement a little more I'm going to have my tailwind I'm going and if you want to get some tailwind here's a little extra plug disruns.com/tailwind check it out um, but I'm going to get some tailwind I'm going to use it maybe not right away I'm probably going to start my race out with just my plain water bottles but when I get about 10 miles into a marathon Uh, I might start, you know, filling up a bottle with, with some tailwind instead of just filling it up with water, right? To just, just keep things burning up, I'm not going to flood my system, but I'm going to, you know, sip on the sip on that that sugary goodness for the next, you know, 16 miles. If it's a marathon or however long, if it's an ultra, and it's just going to help me keep going a little bit more steady, kind of going back to that idea of dripping the fuel in as opposed to just slamming down something that has a whole bunch of calories at once. So I drip it in. And that's really all I need—one or two packs of Tailwind, which—which which, you know, each each little sleeve that fits into a, you know fills up one water bottle is about two hundred calories. So you know, there we go. And I'm probably not going to drink both bottles all the way down, but you know, so somewhere in the neighborhood of three hundred calories, three hundred to four hundred calories gets me through a, a good hard effort on the marathon. Now maybe I, I'll splurge depending on the situation. You know, if there's if there's some orange slices, if there's some bananas being handed out, I might I might to be determined, but I might dabble something there depending on how I'm feeling. But I'm fully comfortable that on race day, all I need is some, some, some liquid sugar. You know, if it's Gatorade would be fine, probably noon would be fine. Probably just tailwinds what I have, tailwinds what I use, but whatever I'll take, whatever it'll get me through the last 15 to 16 to 18 miles of the marathon. Now, if it's an ultra and you may have heard me talk about my, my potato chip rule before the rule, never say no to potato chips on race day. I'll do that in a marathon. I'll certainly do that in an ultra. Like I said, I don't know what the Ultras are going to look like this year, if they're going to have uh, the big grazing stations or not. I would imagine probably not because of COVID. But, you know, I'm not I'm not a, afraid to, to, you know, add a little bit more to the system for a, a 50K. You know, I'll, I'll have maybe a cookie. I'll certainly have some fruit if there's, you know, grapes or strawberries or whatever types of fruits are available. I'm, I'm a fruit fan, big time. Um, you know, ginger ale, that's a special treat on race day um, that I... Don't very often say no to might even have a little Mountain Dew, maybe some Coke, get a little extra caffeine in the system. Um, but I'll do a little grazing on race day. Nothing crazy, nothing more than probably a, a, in total a hundred calories, you know, might grab a handful of M&Ms, but, but keeping it simple, keeping it with things that I've had before that I know my stomach can handle, right? Not forcing anything cause I don't need anything. I'm just, Keeping the the tank full a little bit or helping to keep the tank full a little bit when I know I'm going to be out there for five, six, seven hours, as opposed to for three hours on my long run on Saturday morning. That works for me. Not saying that's what you have to do. Not saying that's what you need to do. Like I said, just trying to to paint a little bit of a picture of some maybe outside of the box things that might work for you. Now you kind of have to work on being fat adapted, which is going to bleed into next week's episode because... I th- I do think, and I think I've talked about this before, that fueling for a race isn't just what you do during the race. Isn't just what you do maybe the morning of, but it's what you do all the time. You know, if you want to be, you want to make your fueling situation easier, fuel yourself well all the time. And we'll talk about that a little bit more next week. But for now, we're already over 30 freaking minutes for a quick tip episode. My goodness gracious. This is borderline last, last week's Q&A episode, right? Not quite. We're, we're freaking quarter of the way there, so I better wrap this one up. Um, but fueling during a race, half marathon, marathon, ultra, whatever the case might be, it's not simple. It's not cut and dry. It's not black and white. It's not one size fits all. It's all about trying different things, experimenting, being willing to to try different things on race day, to try different things in training. Because one other thing that we need to remember is that your, your training run, your easy long run, probably not the same intensity as race day, right? So there's, there may be some subtle differences there. What works on race day may not work in training and vice versa. Probably more likely the vice versa of that. What works in, in your training runs, your long runs may not work as well on, may not sit as well on your stomach on race day. You got to figure that stuff out. And the only way to do it, I can't tell you because I'm fortunate that my stomach is kind of an iron ironclad clad gut. All right. It's very rare. I mean, it happens, but it's very rare that I, you know, I'll take something in and just immediately be like, "Oh shit, you know, we're in trouble now." Versus somebody I know that's the case, especially those that have you know more sensitivities to to gluten, celiac things like that. Like there's certain things you can't even look at without having to head behind a brush, a bush, right? Um, I'm thankfully not like that. So for me to just say this is what you need to do it's, it's clearly not going to fit everybody. You got to try it out. You got to experiment. Um, I I wish I could, I wish I could give you a better answer, but if I did, I wouldn't have to do this episode because that, that answer would have been given already in all the magazines and the blog posts and the podcasts and things like that. And it'd be simple because it's just, you know, do this, do X, get Y, no problem. Not that simple. Not that simple. So keep trying, keep experimenting, keep trying different things and and let me know what works for you. Always love to hear kind of what your rate, what your plans are, because as much as I think I have my plan pretty well dialed in, I'm not afraid to tweak. I'm not afraid to adjust to try some different things. So let me know what works for you. Maybe I'll add that to my my experiments for my next race, whenever that happens to be. Uh, but I'm at DizRuns on Twitter, at DizRuns on Instagram. You can get in touch with me there. You can ask me questions. You can ask a specific question to you that I can give you a specific answer to you, as opposed to speaking to the masses. You know, here on the on the podcast. Uh, and th- those are two of the best places to do so. At DizRuns twitter and at DizRuns on instagram uh, you can also send an email that's another great place and you get a little bit more context there because you can be a little bit longer uh disruns at gmail.com and of course you can send uh, a message via the comment section in the show notes for today's episode which you can get to at disruns.com slash 879 uh we got memes we got gifs we got links we got a link to tailwind in there if you want to get some tailwind support the show um we got the audible link in there i think so you can you can check out the audible stuff, get, try a, a free subscription, uh, support the show that way. You know, we got, we got whatever we got, we got things there. Check it out if you haven't done so already. Um, and let me know, let me know what your fueling questions are. We'll try to incorporate them in the future, but it's such a, it's such a, what it's, it's a, such a one size fits one topic that, uh, I can't get it. I can't address, you know, a couple thousand episodes to cover everybody's unique situation. But uh, at least hopefully today made you think a little bit and will help you kind of figure out what works best for you. So now as we're starting to approach the 40-minute mark, let's wrap this one up. Uh, y'all, thank you for listening. Thank you for the suggestions. Keep them coming. If there's something you want me to talk about in future Quick Tip episodes or nutrition-y type of stuff in, in the, the Quick Tip episodes coming out later this month, let me know. We'll try to get them in. Uh, and until next time, y'all, please be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening to this Not So Quick Tip. And uh, we'll talk soon, all right? See See ya! <laughs> we